Let's do it. Welcome, everybody, to Draft Politics. I'm your host, Steve, and with me here, as always, but it's been a while. It has been a while. It's EJ. It's episode 99. We're at Metropolitan Brewing. And I just want to start with R.I.P. Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon passed away today, aged 82. Uh, if you don't know who he is, uh, he was Dumbledore. Yes. For movies two through whatever. This is not, by the way, a endorsement of... I think that's a new one on us. I uh, have a helicopter buzz <laughs> our podcast, yeah. but uh, they're not here to arrest us, uh, escort us to our secret underground lair. I don't know what else. The I, I don't know. Do, but but yeah, I think that's all helicopters do. But pretty much, yes. Uh, I was just going to say this is uh, not an endorsement of uh, the Harry Potter book series or the writer of the Harry Potter book series. Yes. Just saying R.I.P. Michael Gambon. And here we are. And here we are. But we're at here at Metropolitan. Metropolitan, Which yes. is, you know, uh, we're trying to hold on to that summer. Yes. Hold on to that summer here on the patio. And also, you know, being outside is good for COVID reasons. And I guess we're still thinking about those things. We're still thinking about those things, mostly because we're going to be traveling to uh, Tokyo in a few days. Uh, and and Katie is going to be running a marathon. I, I hear this. So, yeah. So, like, there are lots of things where we want to be able to use our lungs uh, for for things. And so we're, we're just being a little careful right now. Although I was uh, traveling a lot recently and all that and managed to dodge it. So that's good. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So awesome. Anyhow, we're outside. It's a little breezy. It's in the uh, 60s. Uh, EJ is sporting a fine Chicago theme hoodie. I am uh, cold. Wearing only that's a uh, short sleeve shirt, and I'm a little chilly, to be honest, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to power through because this is important, everybody. Yeah, it's it. But you're powering through for our listener. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So thank you. So we got a lot to talk about today. I, we're going to start, I think, with some. Some uplifting news, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Unions continuing to have a moment. That's so, right. Like it's hot union summer slash fall, um, all over the place. So like the Writers Guild, that strike that had been going on for several months, is probably going to be over as of Monday, and the Writers Guild crushed it. Yes, yes. I, their press release was something to the effect of, "We are buzzing with joy." Which I, yes, <laughs> they were they were very happy about the terms of that, and to see what the the studios sort of gave up on it wasn't just more money, but it was things about residuals. It was things about using AI. You know, a, a lot of the maybe all of the key tenants got addressed. Yeah. Um, after it seemed like there was no movement for a long time, big big cave by the. Uh, by the studios there yeah. at the at the end, and one of the reasons for that is because the actors are also on strike. Right. So solidarity, solidarity wins concessions. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting because like you know the different studios all had sort of different interests here. Like Netflix seemed like they could have just kept going because like hey, as long as people are paying the subscription, they don't really care too much about. Uh, you know what's getting produced new they can just run old episodes of suits and that's all well and good uh but you know disney and you know time warner discovery whatever the hell it's called yeah. at this point yeah exactly like, you know anybody who's actually like making movies or things that were you know are more of a like directly tied to revenues sort of situation they had a big problem with letting this grind on so uh what well, what i thought was really interesting is the discussion about this, and, and actually I was, and I probably shouldn't say this in a recorded forum, but I was reading the New York Times about it, and their t their take was like, oh yeah, they the the writers got a lot, they you know, um, but you know that the in order to make the balance sheets work, you know, there there are going to be some costs probably to consumers or some other thing. And and what they they don't say is that making the balance sheets work mean that they have to hit certain p 
profit margins. Yes. Like, so it's not that the balance sheets don't work. It's that they don't work for the greed that's Work that's enough expected. for their interests. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing that we, we should always talk about. Like, it shouldn't be thought of as a game where unions get benefits and others get punished. That should come from the profits where where they are available. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we see, like, in Vegas, uh, folks like the bartenders have just authorized a strike. You know that's, that's never going to go to strike. They're going to get a, a new contract instantly. And that's going to be weird for Vegas because they don't charge for drinks. You know, like in the casinos. Uh they they charge for drinks. Oh, okay. They do. I I am certain they charge. Oh, I, I never remember. <laughs> I, it's funny. I paid I paid twenty dollars for a Michelob Ultra at a casi- at a bar at a at a club in Vegas, and that was like before you know uh, Biden ruined our economy. So, oh yeah. Okay. So it's so, prob- probably fifty dollars now. <laughs> There are several things wrong with that statement that I would like to get There's into. There's so many wrong with on a different statement. podcast. Um, <laughs> not the le- well, yes, but the other big news union-wise, right? The UAW still on strike. Um, yes. And Joe Biden flew to Detroit to walk the picket lines. Yeah. This week, and he said, you know, he was he got out there and he said, look, the car manufacturers have done very well. The executives have done very well. They've gotten raises of 40%. You all deserve a piece of that pie. Yeah. And there's an important background to all this. Is like the, the UAW made substantial concessions in 2007 when things were going bad and we were bailing yeah. out the automotive companies. And so now it's like, okay, cool. So we're past that now. Companies are making record profits. Um, you know, it's time to rebalance this, right? And, and also recognizing that the way that cars are built as we move to EVs, like that's changing and it's changing how things work with, um, you know, in terms of like where the labor is mm-hmm. and all of that sort of stuff. Yep. So, um, you know, so there's a there's very good reasons for there to be a strike right now. And it's nice to see Biden sort of chiming in on the side of the unions here. Yeah. Um, and notably, like Obama said, he would he would walk the picket line, and he never did. And and that's something that Biden didn't say he was going to do, but he is doing. So. Yeah, it's really interesting to me. I, I you know, I, so I grew up in Detroit, and uh, I, in a family that was in the automotive industry, although not on the union side, um, the white collar side. And I, I never had a positive or negative opinion about the auto unions. Um, but I had some hesitation about Biden actually going and walking the picket lines. Like, shouldn't he be trying to solve the problem instead of siding with somebody? And upon reflection, I was like, actually, no, this is, you know, this is the right thing for a leader to do. If it were truly a balanced negotiation and there, you know, there needed to be some mediation maybe but as it is it's all one-sided yeah right it has been one-sided as you said since 2007 there needs to be a rebalancing and and he's adding that weight um i think you know one of the things that's been interesting is is while union membership has gone down generally up until the last year the other weird fact is that unions especially non-urban union members have started to vote more Republican. So we'll see what this does from that yeah. perspective. Um, even even Josh Hawley was out, you know, trying to work a union angle uh, this week. So Republicans are, are trying to pander to that a little bit. And uh, the former guy um, was actually also flew to the Detroit area to uh, go to uh, try to get the union endorsement. How, how'd that go? Uh, did not go well. Um, I mean, he, he's, well, I mean, you know, there's different lenses you can look at this through. Like, the way that the media was covering it was saying that Trump is skipping the debate to go speak to uh, auto workers, and it, 
and it sounded like very much like he's like a union guy, kind of the way it was covered. And it's like, well, he's going to a non-union uh, automotive plant, and he's speaking to like retirees. Like it's like it's not like these are not actually like like UAW workers that he's talking to. And then he spends much of his time sort of like begging Sean Fain to like come support him. And yeah, it was strange. It was very strange. Because, I mean, well, you know, t- to uh, to be fair to Trump, which I generally do not want to do, but, um, you know, there's if he can pull away a few percent of, you know, union-connected labor in Michigan, you know, the upper Midwest areas, uh, that would definitely be a, a big benefit to his... Uh, uh, attempt to stay out of jail. So yeah, I get true. that. That's uh, true. That's true. It was really interesting, though. You know, they, as you always see, every political, every political rally or meeting, from dog catcher up to president, has a group of people holding signs behind the candidate. Yes. Like it's just it's required, right? It like minimum minimum entry. You've got to have that group of people. Yes. And the Detroit News interviewed some of the people who were holding the signs like unions for Trump and auto workers right. for Trump. And they're like, right, because you want to know, like, OK, this guy's clearly in a union, yeah. clearly supporting Trump. Tell me more about yeah. why you're doing that. So, so what did they have to say? Uh, well, for, the guy's like, well, I'm not really in a union. Oh, oh OK. Oh, like an uh, auto worker, though, right? Like, no, no, oh, no, okay. no. Somebody no. just paid me to be here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. OK. Right. Yeah. And look, uh, here's here's <laughs> the deal. Like the UAW. You know, covers a lot of the, the the labor that goes into the production of a car. Right. But, you know, there are so many third-party parts suppliers. Most of them are not union. Right? Yeah. Like, so you know, whether or not it's making the little rubber boot that goes over your, you know, the suspension in the car or making the gears that go into the steering, you know, huge, huge third-party you know, providers who are non-union. You think of a company like Magna, that you've probably never heard of, but it's 200,000 people worldwide who's, who are part suppliers. Yeah. You know, they make the brackets that hold the airbags for most cars. Like, okay, that's what they do. Yeah. And they, they don't want unions. Right. Anyway. Cap- Capital doesn't usually like unions. That's as true. It out. <laughs> so... I, I also have to say that every time I hear Sean Fain, I hear Shin Fain. I, I know. Like, <laughs> I have the same thing. I'm like, wait, what? Are we talking about the IRA? No, no, no. It's you. No, no, no. He's, 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 yeah. So what's that deal about the, the NLRB? Yeah. The so Nas- National Labor Relations This, Board? I think, is critically important to understand. Like, I, And I know, like, there's mixed perceptions on how... Uh, Biden has stood by unions and whatever, and you know I was seeing. It's really, the train workers is the other. The well, flip yes, side of this and and so like legitimately, like you know, he clearly did not take their side. Uh, you know, when the the train workers were trying to strike, mm-hmm. um, and you know, ultimately that worked out okay. But one of the things that's worth pointing out that like that Biden did do well was you know who he put in charge of the NLRB. So the end. Uh, the important thing to understand here is that they made a rule change about how unions are recognized via the NLRB. So norm, the way it has historically worked is uh, you try to unionize your workplace, yeah. and if that election fails, no matter reason why it may have failed, um, then your union does not happen. Uh, the 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 your the company you're working with like working for they do not have to recognize your union, and so what would happen is you know Amazon you know Starbucks or whatever they would do everything they could to sabotage you because there's no consequence to them of right. the NLRB finding that they've done something nefarious. So if they do something bad, well, fine, you just get another election, and so like you just repeat the process, but it doesn't really necessarily help you actually form a union. Right. The change that the NLRB is making, is, or has made, is that now it defaults to a union. So if there's, you know, so you have a union election, and if everything is done above board and it's all run correctly, and the and the election doesn't ha- doesn't go through, then okay, fine, you don't have a union. But if they do anything to try to sabotage that, anything that the NLRB considers a violation of the rules, 
the union is recognized automatically. And so that's now that's a huge difference. That's an enormous difference. Like like and like and it's worth thinking back like we're thinking back at 40 50 years of anti-union policies across the board and like that shift that one little change in how the rules work and just weighting it towards unions could have an enormous impact. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. So again, unions having a moment. Yes. And, and, and the thing to keep in mind is that that is a executive decision. It is a who is put in charge of the NLRB. Uh, if Trump gets in charge again, that could get flipped just as easily back the other direction. Because, I mean, there, I know there are some other candidates running for that Republican. Are there? I, I assume. But we'll get to that in a sec. Well, oh, no, right now. Let's get to that now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, there was a, uh, a another Republican debate. Um, I don't yes. know if you can hear the air quotes, but they're yes. there. Uh, did uh, you watch it? I, I uh, No. No? Wow. No. Okay. Um, uh, I didn't either. I, no, well, nobody um, did. Yeah, that's the point. Um, I decided to ask ChatGPT to summarize the debate for us because, uh, you know, I love AI. Um, but also, I just had no desire to watch this, so I wanted to see what ChatGPT had to say. So here's what we got. Uh, it was the second Republican presidential debate for the 2024 candidates. True. True. Batting a thousand so far. GOP presidential candidates criticized Donald Trump for not attending the debate. Also true. Did they criticize him for anything else? Literally no. No, no, that's not true. Oh, that wait. is not true. Did I miss something? Uh, so there were two criticisms levied by candidates. Okay. So uh, Chris one, Christie, I assume, leveling oh, them. Uh, no, no, it wasn't actually Ron DeSantis. Oh wow. Okay. As as I guess we're calling him now. Um, DeSanctimonious. Yeah, DeSanctimonious. And so so there were a few people who criticized his quote soft position on abortion. Um, okay. And then Ron DeSantis said. You know, you know. Said, so not only is he not here, he's not here to explain the seven hundred billion dollars he added to the debt during his presidency. Okay. In other words, Ron DeSantis <laughs> gave the Biden campaign a really nice, yes, snippet, yes, to put into their ads. Which, by the way, have started dropping, and they use Republicans. To talk about because why not? Because why not? Uh, so, so I don't think that's uh, ChatGPT didn't get that 100 percent right. Well, no, it just said they criticized. It didn't say they didn't criticize on other grounds. That was the only one they specifically mentioned. I just added color to it. That was my ChatGPT beat me on fact truthfulness here. Okay, so ChatGPT <laughs> two, Steve, Steve nothing. negative one. Uh, the debate took place at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. While Trump did not attend, seven other candidates uh, tried to distinguish themselves to the voters. Okay, well, I'm going to call the that. first part true, the second part. Did they? Did they? Uh, not I don't really. think so. Uh, candidates took aim at President Biden and also addressed issues among themselves. True. Tim Scott showcased a more assertive side during the debate. Basically, he talked, whereas in the previous yeah, debates, he didn't. It was terrible. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, my favorite is. Chris Christie referred to Donald Donald Trump as Donald Duck. So this is the best, worst joke I've ever heard at one of these. Um, Chris Christie is targeting Trump, and he's got he's got the, the cameras on him. He's ready to lay into him. He says, you're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen if you keep doing that. No one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. Yeah, I, I, and you could practically hear the trombones playing. <laughs> I, I actually, I did watch that. There were some chuckles. I mean, compared to the first debate where... But were they chuckles like, oh, you really nailed him, or, wow, that was pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, it, it was probably more at than with, but... Yes, yes. You know, in the first debate, anytime somebody said bad things about Donald Trump, the crowd got against them, and that didn't happen here at yes. the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. Um, I actually, I thought my favorite line of the whole debate of the pieces I saw was and Nikki Haley, I think won the debate again. I will, I will say that I did watch some, I, I probably spent half an hour watching stuff today. Um, Nikki Haley to Vivek Ramaswamy, who everybody just beats up on, right? Yeah. Like they're just, it's just, well, cause, cause they saw Vivek as the leader out of the last debate. So they had to go after him this time. Cause he might be in the lead to win 
What is it going to win again? Uh, no, uh, another book deal. Okay, got um, it. She said, every time you speak, I feel like I get dumber. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, I, yeah. But that's yeah. true of all of them. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's, it, is, it is partially true of all of them. They didn't really show any difference between them, really. It's, I, I, I don't think they know. They just, they're like, I guess we need to be here. Well, it's a weird thing that, that Trump is clearly in the lead and all of them are aggressively trying not to criticize him too harshly. Like, like, why? Like, what? Come on, guys. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and fascism's weird. That's, that's it like, is. <laughs> and like, you look at the whole, you know, the campaign right now, and I, I, it feels like it's still way too early to be doing all these things, but I guess it's not. Um, I think it probably feels too early because it feels like the last election has never ended uh, because we've been, you know, there have been court battles of one sort or another about the 2020 election or the aftermath since since then. But I'm, I'm watching ads now. I'm watching the campaigns. Biden dropped a, a great ad that was essentially <laughs> it was Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like talking to maybe a turning point to action or something like that, saying, well, this guy needs to go because and then listed all of these very progressive accomplishments. You know, he is. the Oh, yeah, yeah. And have done all of the he's continuing the work uh, of the of the New Deal and like just attacking him <laughs> on all of these things where he's like, that's going to get me all the votes I need. Just keep just yes. keep talking. And well, the Trump that, campaign yeah. is like, and this is my favorite Trump campaign thing of the week, but should just tell you, like, everybody Trump surrounds himself with is an idiot. Is him buying a gun from the gun store that sold the gun that led to a racially motivated shooting in Florida. And him, like, demanding, like, there's a video I want to buy a Glock. I bought a Glock. This is great. I love Glocks. I want to buy a Glock. Without anybody saying, hey, if you're under federal felony indictment, can you buy a gun? It turns out you can't. So yeah. so there's a video of him, you know, and his campaign saying he bought a gun. <laughs> there's at least one reason you can't own a gun. Yeah. Neat. <laughs> but, like, violating federal law. And and here's the other place where they're uh, so, you know, the campaign was like, look at Donald Trump buying guns. He loves guns. He bought a gun. He's buying guns. He never bought a gun. He didn't buy that gun. There was no gun. What gun? What do you mean gun? There was no gun. Hunter Biden's got a gun. Hunter Biden bought a gun. He's in trouble. Like uh, just astoundingly bad campaign idiocy. Yeah. But maybe expected. Maybe expected. It's all on brand. Yeah. It is all on brand. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I was going to talk about the 14th Amendment. I don't want to talk about that. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, okay, so we got... What are we talking about? So we've got a couple <laughs> things going on. Uh, we've talked about the, the campaigns and the debate, in air quotes... The goat so, rodeo, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, exactly. So do you want to talk about the highly effective Republican Congress, or do you want to talk about hot indictment summer autumn well, fall? Let's briefly talk about the uh, highly effective Republican Congress. Uh, what are they being effective at? Um, go. I can't make cricket noises because my mouth is still numb oh, from that's the true. dentist. Okay. Well, there you go. But yes, uh, nothing. So so there, yes. there, there are like three things going on in all of Congress. One, dress code. Right. Which I really appreciate. Critically important. Critically important. Yes. Uh, we, we are hearing, um, you know, from the paragons of decorum and, uh, and people who really care about the history and sanctity of the chamber. People yes. like uh, Bobert and yes. Marjorie Taylor Greene <laughs> complaining about the chamber, the, 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 yeah. the, what's going on at the at the play, an entirely different subject. Exact, but. Exactly. Yes. Uh, complaining about, oh, we didn't even talk about that. Uh, complaining about <laughs> John Fetterman's uh, wardrobe. Yeah. Which, let, let's just be clear. John Fetterman 
has still got the best social media team on the planet. True. So, like, every time somebody would say something, he's like, I dress like you vote. You know, like, just, okay, okay. And then he said, hey, Republicans in the House, if you can pass anything next week, I'll wear a suit for the rest of my term. Hmm. 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 And then reacting to the conspiracy theories and i don't have you heard the conspiracy theories that he's actually dead right and that it's a body double <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty good <laughs> it's a, where are you gonna find that guy right like right. you can have body doubles for all of the republican right. men like just I, find I, a random old dude like that works for 90 percent of the senate yeah, you aren't gonna find a body double. Another John like, Fetterman. Like, like you're gonna dig up Andre the Giant? Yeah, like, like what are you doing? Where'd you find that guy? We went to every tattoo shop, <laughs> right? <laughs> In the worst part of every town, like, right? So, so of course now, if you go to johnfetterman.com, you can buy a John Fetterman body double T-shirt. Which of will be at my house in the That's next week. Great, because That's best delightful. social media team on the planet. Yes, and on the house side, um, they are really concerned about the you know hundreds of thousands of people who will not be getting paychecks if they shut down the government. So they rejected the the bipartisan Senate agreement. Yes. And uh, they started impeachment hearings today. Right. Wait, what? Exactly. And what's what's <laughs> clear here is like the Republicans in Congress are just Donald Trump's bitches. Pretty much, yes. That's all they are. Because it's like he tweets something or puts something on somehow not defunct Truth Social, and then they do it. A week later. So yeah. it was like, shut the government down so you can defund the investigations. I mean... Which isn't going to happen. Well, and if, if you're Donald Trump, you want the government shut down because, like, hey, anything that's going to, like, cause things to break that you can nominally blame Biden for, like, you're on board with that. So, cool. So, cool. Uh, so they're going to do that. Although, what they got very angry about was that uh, finding out that actually those investigations are going to keep going um, and the court mm. cases will keep going. Yeah. And also uh, funding for the Ukraine is going to be uh, kept in the budget. Kept. This is one of the things that's a little weird about the way our system works is we have this, uh, we, we run out of money and so the government shuts down. But it doesn't really shut down because yeah. they decide some things aren't going to shut down. Correct. And then they can debate, like, well, these are the things that are important. So these things keep going, even though we don't theoretically have the money for it. Like, it's right. all very weird. Yeah. And they're including in that the impeachment hearings, which kicked off today brilliantly. Let's just talk about how well these went. Because, of course, they've been spending the last seven months collecting loads of data. So yeah. it's going to so, be very crisp, very clear. What they have to do. So I'm they looking had a, for the smoking gun. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Biden was taking bribes from uh, Mao Zedong, yeah. I assume. No, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, so there was a press conference to talk about it okay. today. All right, great. great. And they, they show some tweet. they show some uh, WhatsApp messages and emails. And they're Ooh. like, this Ooh. shows you that he was peddling influence, he was selling, directly involved in all of these things. And a reporter was like, hey, uh, the dates on those are, uh, the date on the first one, that WhatsApp message is from 2017. When Smoking gun, he's done. We got uh, it. But like, uh, he was, he was, was president at the was time. Was Biden? He was president at the time, he in 2017. Was not a candidate? Or the guy's like, well, I don't know the timeline. But but you just showed something. Right. It was like, yeah, yeah. he's clearly, clearly guilty. Like, and here's the two-tiered system of justice. Look where they decided not to prosecute Joe Biden. And it was from 2019. And the Because he like, was the president at the time, yeah. man. <laughs> and, and, like, the guy. <laughs> I mean, I just... <laughs> Look, you see, I, Biden we, we, had the whole system under lockdown because deep state. I know, I know. Technically, Trump was president, but, but uh, right. he, 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 ah, I, 
we we do presentations in front of people as part of our jobs. And we prepare and are aware of the things that we are presenting, presumably, before we get into the meeting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. yeah. So here is an active member of Congress presenting this thing that they say is very grave, and they fucking don't even know what their... I don't remember which button to hit. Um, they don't even button. know... <laughs> <laughs> what is in the evidence and air quotes that they're presenting? And they're and, and they're right. like, you won't believe us anyway, NBC News. The guy's like, dude, I asked a question. You put this thing up here, and I'm I just want to know why it's relevant given the dates on it. And they're like, you're not going to believe me. I'm like, yeah, just just tell me something. Give me a chance to believe I'm something. Open. Like yeah. like like here's the thing that's hilarious about that is like. Any of sort of the mainstream media outlets like NBC, ABC, CBS, etc., like they desperately want something they can be like, oh, see, like both sides, like they want, they want it, they so desperately want yeah. it, like, uh, no, no, you, you can't even yeah. give them no. nothing. So, so they have the hearings today, and yeah, what well, I I thought. Everybody, if you're interested in it, you should watch the opening remarks by Jamie Raskin. Really, really good. Really succinct, not too over the top. Um, but one of the things he did was he said, hey, I would like to put a motion on the floor to subpoena Rudy Giuliani and Lev Parnas because they were the people who, uh, according to my Republican colleagues, uh, first brought forth the accusations that that Joe Biden was using his influence in Ukraine as vice president to protect his son. Yeah. And they're the Republicans are like, what do those guys have to do with any of this? Well, you said that they did. Right. And it's it's a really funny moment as they're like, oh shit, you want to you want to actually bring those guys uh well, we'll just table tape table that. <laughs> we're, we're just going to go table that. We'll we'll show you the evidence. And so then to be like, fair, uh, Giuliani's schedule for testifying is really booked right now. <laughs> he is a little busy getting something bad happening to him. Like yes. words I won't even you can't bleep them out. It would there would be too big a cut for me to <laughs> don't don't test me. Hovering over the button. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but just think about office space where they're like, it's not gonna be good prison, it's gonna be federal, yeah, that kind of Pound prison. Pound me in the yeah, exactly. Actually, that would all be okay on here, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's probably an, fine. It's an inappropriate yeah. uh, statement so, on the state of our uh, prison system in so the of course, United States. So. You know, in the yeah. in the actual uh, in the actual hearings, the Republicans called witnesses, witnesses that don't know anything about the case. It's like what? Jonathan Turley, okay. who's a commentator. Okay, so they call any witness to testify about what they witnessed, hence the term witness. And but they didn't witness anything. No, they're not. They're not fact witnesses. Oh, they're not fact witness. There are there are factless witnesses. Uh, yeah, like what? yeah, exactly. <laughs> and. <laughs> and so so it's day one of the impeachment inquiry. We're going to be hard hitting. Listen, everybody. Here's our first witness. First question from the Democrats. So so there's evidence to, uh, you know, for articles impeachment. No, no, actually, there's not. They, but there there could be later. There, maybe maybe there could be we'll later see where the investigation takes us. Yeah. Cool. But, so there's no evidence now. Come no, man. no, absolutely not. <laughs> like. Glad, uh, glad we, glad we started this. <laughs> although the the funny, the funniest question from the Democrats was like, "So, Jonathan Turley, I see you've uh, really come out in favor of polygamy." <laughs> like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> First of all, I didn't know that. Second here, of, okay, yeah. sure. Uh... <laughs> that seems a little strange. That does seem a little strange. Also, quick aside, speaking of Utah, yes, Mitt Romney. Oh yeah, not running for re-election. That's that's. We'll be mittless. In the next Senate term. That's fine. He wasn't doing I don't know, man. Now. He wasn't not doing things, though. It, 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 uh, <sighs> uh, and, and I would say sort of tangentially <laughs> related to all this, uh, Hunter Biden, who does have a felony, uh, a, a felony sort of claimed against him for gun possession, um, has now sued. How awesome would it be if the only thing Republicans got 
Hunter Biden on was gun possession. Well, <laughs> it, it's probably going to get dismissed because the Supreme Court actually just ruled on a very similar case. Yeah. Um, because his he's charged with a felony because on a form when he went to buy a gun, he said he's not an active drug user and he was still doing drugs. Well, but what's active, really? Yeah, <laughs> one like, man's active. Are you active. high at the time? Okay, that's active. <laughs> one man's active is another man's social. <laughs> so, uh, I am actively drinking this beer. <laughs> it's true, but but Hunter Biden also sued Rudy Giuliani and some other folks for computer crimes related to the laptop, and and this is the best thing about it. It's like. We're not saying that was my laptop, but you're saying it was my laptop. And so if you're saying it's my laptop, you shouldn't have had it. Right. So <laughs> it, it's kind of a weird, like, using Republican things against them. Like, I, I, See, don't, like, I don't know. Here's the thing that's so weird about all of the Hunter Biden stuff is, like, I feel like at some point, somehow, it's going to turn poorly for us. And I don't understand. Like, there's no reason it should but it's going to be like the way the media covers it somehow it's going to be like with the butter emails bullshit like it will just be some weird thing yeah. that said at just the wrong time and it'll be it'll seem I, like there's something bad actually going on when really there's not yeah i i mean i think hunter biden should plead guilty to that and or just ask for it to be dismissed guilty. what's he even accused of at this point i mean but, but it's a it's a federal crime so the gun thing. Yeah. Okay. So that's plead it. guilty. Okay. And let it stretch out. And you'll get, either your dad's going to be reelected and he can pardon you or right. uh, he'll pardon or, you when he's or not. Or you just, just go to jail for a little while because you kind of, yeah. I mean, he probably deserves it. Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably deserves it. But, you know, like, but here's the thing. You know, it's kind of funny. It's like probably he wouldn't be suffering any of this prosecution if he wasn't connected to Biden. Uh, that is the Which truth. is bizarre. <laughs> that is, I believe, the truth. Okay, so Ronda Legal stuff, you're out of beer. I'm out of beer. Do I need to go get more beer? I probably need to get more beer. We're talking legal stuff. I'm going to get more beer. I probably don't need more beer, given how I just said that, but I'm going to get some anyhow. Okay, I'll be right back. I'll be here. So there is one last thing I want to say about the, uh, and I'm going to tie two things together, and you're going to love this. Fantastic. About oh. the impeachment hearings. Yes. Uh, to commemorate the beginning of the impeachment hearings, um, uh, Representative Comer, who's the uh, kind of running them, along with Jim, I don't wear a jacket, Jordan. Right. They were gifted a 30 rack of Bud Light. By John Fetterman. <laughs> Here's uh, 30 uh, cans of Bud Light. <laughs> what, what, what do we do with this? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. This is the, I, I, just. John Fetterman, if you ever hear timeline. this, I will, I, I've got family from Pennsylvania. I will absolutely come out there. Uh, if we could do five minutes of interview with you, it would be amazing. Um, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work on this angle right. while you're yeah. in Japan. I'm going to work on the getting to talk to John Fetterman. That'd be a good hundredth episode. We'll go it to would be. We'll go to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll wear my body double T-shirt. I got nothing to do. <laughs> it's not like I'm working. <laughs> Guess I'm paying for these beers anyway. Oh. So we <laughs> we get to the legal side of things, um, which is it just keeps happening, right? And like we've talked endlessly. And it, and it is interesting and it's timely about, I don't know, the 92 felony counts that Donald Trump has to deal with in Florida, um, in so D.C., you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of forgot about Letitia James's civil fraud right. case in New York. Right. <laughs> like eventually we're going to like be deep into the the case that's going on in Georgia and we'll be like, oh, I forgot about the DC case because there's so right. many things going this on. Is, this actually is very similar to the whole writer's strike. And you're, you're like, I don't understand why it's similar. Here's why it's similar. You're like, I'm watching some TV shows. These are good TV shows. And then all of a sudden, because the TV, you know, streaming industry, entertainment industry is so fragmented, you're like, 
It's like season three of some show I loved, but I forgot existed because I've been bombarded by these 17 other shows. Right. It is the same thing for the civil fraud trial in New York where... And I guess New York has. So they're some just laws. trying to get new members for the yeah, streaming exactly. of the legal case. I'll, I'll take I it. I, I think yeah. all the streaming's happening in Georgia. But yes. like the, I, evidently in New York, the attorney general has all kinds of latitude to be able to prosecute people for fraud. And Letitia James did very much so. Um, and we learned a couple things in the past few weeks about it. First of all, Trump's attorneys, including Alina Haba who you may have seen on TV, uh, just forgot to file some paperwork that said they wanted a jury trial. <laughs> they just... That sounds on brand. Just <laughs> totally just forgot. Oops. And they went back to the judge and Goran, and they were like, hey, 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 man, we forgot to file that paperwork. Could we still have a jury trial? And he's like, no, you didn't file the paperwork. And they're like, yeah, but... You know, it's us. <laughs> you had to know right. it is you. what we wanted, so and anyhow. we weren't going to do the thing we were supposed yeah. to do, right? Like, we're incompetence is kind of our brand. Uh, and he's like, I no. appreciate that, like, Trump's repeated mistreatment of um, contracted employees is finally kind of bite him in the ass. <laughs> yeah, it's true. This is fail up, fail up, fail up, right? Yep, yep. And, and so... The attorney general's office filed a motion for summary judgment, which essentially means we don't really need to go to trial, do we? Because, I, I mean, it's just kind of obvious here. Right. And the judge came back this week and said in a 20-page ruling, yeah, it is pretty obvious. Right. And, and here's the thing. It's like all of this is paperwork, right? So it's like right. in one set of paperwork, they say this building is worth this much. In this other paperwork, they say this building is worth this much. And the numbers are different. So it's not like you really need to like, you know, have a jury of your peers and discuss it or whatever. Like, no, no, no. It's just like you just, you, you can have a pivot yeah. table, tell you everything you need to know yeah, about all this. Like the and you're done. Well, and things like Donald Trump saying, my apartment in Trump Tower is 30,000 square feet. Right. And people physically measuring it, saying it's 11,000 square feet. Him saying, well, square footage is a matter of to opinion. To be fair, Donald Trump's measurement skills on things are not uh, it's true. really it's true. well as... <laughs> well, if, you, if he lays Small himself hands, down... Everybody. Small hands, I'm talking about his hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any... Anyhow. Yes. yes. So <laughs> just these demonstratively false things... Yeah. And in the 20-page ruling that I skimmed through, I didn't read it. I admittedly didn't read it. Skimmed through it. It's yeah. like the judge is just like, I can't. I, you, you can hear him sigh as he's writing it. Ugh. I know you think that this is a debatable thing, but it's not a debatable thing. Yeah. This is not a debatable thing. You can't, on one hand, say Mar-a-Lago is, you know... Uh, being used as a sanctuary for birds, and so you don't have to pay taxes on it. And on the other hand, say it's worth a billion dollars. Right. And uh, it's a very well written, very concise. He could have just said, I think, no, we're, you know, it's summary judgment, fine. Um, but instead, he wrote a very long well, I think, like, thing. Everybody who's involved in these cases who actually has real legal training. <laughs> um, they all recognize the difficulty of the situation in that this is a very high visibility situation. It's one where somebody's going to throw a lot of money at this to try to get anything thrown out, any little technicality. So they're doing everything by the book very oh, yeah. thoroughly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they don't like, because, you know, you being part of getting a former president in in jail or suffering serious legal consequences that's pretty good for you but you know if you fuck it up in a very slight way it's very bad for you so yeah 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 and so now they're going to there will be a trial but the trial is only going to be about how much the trump organization owes right like we've established the fraud has happened it's a matter of is it 250 million which is what letitia james is asking for yes or is it something else yeah and and let's just Think about that for a moment. $250 million is an absurd amount of money. And 
all indications are that Trump has overstated the value of him, <laughs> but but all like everything he owns and his property and all that. So like, two hundred fifty million dollars might literally bankrupt him. Yeah. Well, there are other parts of that though, right? So yeah, um, it's going to be appealed. Let's assume that that it it stands under appeal. The businesses and the assets of the Trump organization in New York will have to be liquidated. He will not be able to do business in the state of New York. Right. And this also might affect Mar-a-Lago, too. Like that, because, you know, how things are held by what companies and all that, like that's actually in play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there will be a trial in October to figure out just how he is. By the way, October, just a few days from now. So, like, we're not talking about, like, the distant future. We're talking about, like... Monday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll talk government, about October again in a second. shuts down and uh, Trump's f***ed. Yeah, maybe, exactly. There's a great song I'll send you the link to. I'm going to just gonna how push that button there that reminds it. me that I just said f***ed. I'm going to push it again. Thank yeah. you. Can you push it like 30 seconds ago too? Because we definitely said that before. Yes. So <laughs> the other really interesting things I would say, D.C., Trump requested uh, recusal of Judge Chutkin. And again, very, uh, and, and they requested it based on her comments in sentencing some of the other January 6thers who had like said, well, we're just doing our, we're just following orders. And she's like, it doesn't matter if you had fealty to one man and that person's not charged. You still did the things. Right. And they're like, aha, aha. But she never says Trump, which is really interesting. So imagine a legal legal strategy where you admit that your client was responsible for the actions of others as a defense. Yeah. On brand. None of it makes sense. On brand. Yes. Um, And the government also requested a gag order. Partially because Donald Trump is saying things like these people are idiots. We should kill, kill um, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Mark Milley. Right. Like just oh, just hang him for treason. So like she's still do. considering that. Um, and in the past, she's kind of said, like, the more you talk, the sooner the trial will be. Because the ri- risk here is tainting the jury pool. Right. That's. That's really why there are gag orders. And, you know, so she and, said. And to be fair, like, realistically, the jury pool is already pretty well f-ed at this point. But, oh, I'm going to push that button again. Um, it's hard to find. It's going to be hard to find people who are voters. Right. Um, who don't know. Especially don't in have D.C. a prior opinion on. Trump. Yes. It's going to that's going to be different. That's going to be difficult. Um uh, look, Georgia still carrying on. Um, uh, Judge McAfee, I think that's his name. Really good. It's all going to be on TV. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, the the other thing I just want to bring up and touch on briefly before we maybe talk about beer a little bit. We should talk about we beer. talk about beer. Um, I like beer. Is that we just keep finding people who have flipped and who are cooperating. Yes. Um, you know, most most recently. Um, it has been Trump's longtime secretary. Um, I mean, somebody who was in the White House, somebody who was uh, then went to the Save America PAC, somebody who was hired by Melania, somebody who has been in every conversation as part of everything has started to, you know, not has started, has turned over documents in the past. Yeah. Has, you know, clearly started cooperating with the government and is going to be somebody very difficult for Trump and Trump's attorneys to impeach, right? Because she is just really, really solidly ingrained in the history of that group of people for a long time. Um, And the... The speculation is that, you know, that sort of famous picture of all the documents spread out on the floor and stuff like that. She took that the first time. Yeah. And was like, yo, yo. Got all these classified documents over here. And evidently, Donald Trump would take a classified document and write her to-do lists on the back of it. Like you do. Like you do. (laughs) 
Okay. I mean, beer. T- I just keep to-do lists on my phone, but you know, you, you, classified you, phone. My classified phone. <laughs> I'd say you got your to-do list right next to your Truth Social app. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, beer. Beer. Yes. It is. It is that special time of year in September. Yes. Where it is somehow Oktoberfest. Right. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and Oktoberfest, I believe, is currently happening in the Bavarian in Bavaria yes. in Germany. And you can tell that Oktoberfest is happening because we are surrounded by the blue and white like diamond pennants. pattern pennant flags, yeah. which is the universal signal of drink beer. Um, and we're lederhosen. I'm not wearing lederhosen. But I'm drinking beer, so I may have lederhosen under my regular trousers. Uh, this is like no judgment. I, yeah, exactly. So we're we're here at Metropolitan. We've been here before. Um, it German style beers, which is why we had to come here. Yes, obviously. I, also, it's a good day. It's I'm not going to say it's a warm. No, like it's not a summer day by any stretch. But it is like it is a nice day to be outside. Um, it's a little a little cool to be here out here in just a t-shirt, but. But I'm in Chicago, and so I'm going to power through. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and we're on the patio, right? So yes. it's this beautiful patio space that we've been talking about for years as they were trying to open it. We've got a great view of the river, a great view of uh, fake coyotes on the dock that scare off the geese, um, and all of the boats that you can rent here. Like, highly recommended. Come out, rent a boat, cruise up and down the river. Yes, yeah, so they also have the like, people like rowing up and down the river, um, which looks tiring it does i I don't think i'd be down for that but no no i yeah because there's a boathouse up here yes just south of uh addison okay on the river um it's very nice and one of the cool things i love they've got flags that kind of line the line the patio area here and it's got a ukraine flag flag, german flag, flag mexican flag canadian flag ukraine chicago illinois nice i love it nice and then, and then above all of them, Rockwell on the river. Yeah, which is the, an event space. The event space here. Yeah. So I'm not so, they such have a big fan. So but most this of the cool area is for that. Like yes. the this this whole area continues to be developed. So this is, you know, called Rockwell on the River or whatever. It's an old old warehouse space that they've turned into yes. events. We've got Metropolitan here. There's a barbecue there, place. There's a barbecue place. There was shoes being sold yeah there's a a coffee roaster and metropolitan yes yes yeah not metropolitan we want to call it metropolitan i want to call it metropolitan but But i didn't say what it was because i knew (sighs) i was going to call it metropolitan god damn it coffee roaster yeah no it is metropolitan isn't it is it yeah metropolitan what are you you throwing me off metropolitan the coffee roaster right there okay maybe it is (sighs) <laughs> uh, also, a uh, a nice. There's also a, a a whiskey distillery here. Yes, which is just amazing, right? It's all right here. You can kind of sit. You can do any of those things. Can enjoy enjoy that very nice uh, river view here. Yes, highly recommended. I I've had Metropolis. Two of, that's Metropolis. what it was. See? It's just slightly off. Right? And that's why I didn't go for it. Right. Because I knew I was going to get it wrong. I'm okay with being wrong, though. See, this is this is the thing you have to understand about podcasting, man. Being authoritative and wrong is okay. That's People true. are going to call Authoritatively you wrong. Except our listener in Norway will call, totally call me out. So uh, I've got to tell you, I had the Oktoberfest, and it was really, really good. Like, it was it was way better than I... I uh, like, I... I you know, German beers aren't always my favorite, but, you know, had an open mind, came in. That fest beer was just on point. Very good. Just super good. A little bit malty, super easy drinking. Um, loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Maybe Very the good. best beer I've had here. Yeah. No, I had that. I had two of those, and now I'm on the their Dortmunder, which is also quite delicious. Um this is actually, like, beer-wise, it's very similar to Dovetail. Um, yeah. They definitely have the better outdoor space here. That's but true. No trains. That's, yes. The lack of trains. More boats, less trains. <laughs> we have more boats and helicopters, fewer trains. Yes. Uh, boats are quieter. 
That's true. Helicopters, not so much. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. You balance it out. You balance it out. Um, but really do, really do love this place. Yes. Um, and the people here are great. They had to fight to keep this space. One of the reasons I keep coming back here is because there was a time we thought that they were gonna have to, they were gonna get kicked out. Yeah. Um, Some issues over the lease and yeah, and, all and they that. worked it out. And and now this is a place like I recommend to everybody who's coming to Chicago. I, I've brought Norwegians here. Um, I always bring people here who are in. It's part of the what I call the Brewers Triangle, uh, which was a phrase that was stolen from me by the Brewers in the Triangle which includes Metropolitan, Maplewood, yes, and Ravinia. Okay. It was like Metropolitan Ma- Maplewood, and I wasn't sure who the third point of the triangle was, but yes. Ravinia, which is next yeah. door to... It's yeah. a scaling triangle. Yes. <laughs> it's not... It is not isosceles, everybody. <laughs> Absolutely not isosceles. Absolutely not isosceles. It's not a right triangle, either. That's okay, because we're a left podcast, so why would we want a right triangle in our beer? <laughs> awesome. So let's talk about <laughs> some other news. Um, first of all, hey, it's vaccine season, and uh, I got to tell you, Moderna's marketing department fucking killing it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You got the Moderna, didn't you? I got the Moderna. Do you, why did you choose the Moderna? Because that's what Walgreens was giving me. <laughs> I see. I chose Moderna because of the brand. It's called Spike Vax. Yes. Like, <laughs> I mean, somebody someplace in the marketing department at Moderna was like, look, guys, let's call it Spike Vax. Like, why? Who cares? Because we can't. Let's call it Spike Vax. Because I walked in and I was like, Spike Vax. Oh, get the Spike Vax. I was going to Metal Festival. <laughs> <laughs> I like walked around at the metal festival. I was like Spike Vax right in the arm, bitches. There you go. There you yeah, go. Yeah, everybody um, thought it was cool. I was like, I got mine like the first Monday that it was available at the Walgreens, um, and like to the point that like I kind of checked in for my vaccine appointment, and the they had this collective like, oh shit, this is what we're doing again, and then like having to sort of get everything yeah. in order, like, oh okay, we're doing this. All right, cool. Uh, but yeah, no, I got, I got, I got boosted. I got that in my, uh, my flu vax. So. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But spike vax. I've been spike spiked vax. Um, so is that. Also, uh, another random bit of news. Um, there was a change in our immigration policies to allow for work permits for uh, some of the Venezuelan um, asylum seekers that are in our country and also in Chicago. And that's why I want to bring this up is... Um, it's a good crossover. Yeah, one of the things that's... Uh, one of the big weird bits about the way our immigration system work, or works or does not work, more to the point, is that we have all these asylum seekers here and then nominally they cannot work. And yeah. so they have to figure out how to survive and, how, and they have to get support from, you know, aid organizations and government and all that. But it's like, well, now if we offer them work permits, which they're allowing for some portion of them, there's, I'm not sure, it's, it's not very all confusing. of it, but yeah, yeah but... Uh, it does mean that they can actually work, which will allow them to have an income and be in a better position to actually like I, I, be part of our our city. And yeah, it does feel like and 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 I think there have been some callouts, and I think these are actually fair callouts. That it's easier if you're a Ukrainian immigrant to get a a refugee to get a work permit than yeah. it is if you're a refugee from someplace else. And I think look. I, are you, you know, meaning to tell me that our immigration system is arbitrary and possibly racist? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I are. hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> v- yeah, I, I thought it was like somehow alphabetical and they'd oh, gone yeah, through well, Ukraine and you, they got you, to Venezuela. <laughs> to you and then V. Venezuela, I was like waiting We're for really them to get back to the tail end of the alphabet on <laughs> yeah, this exactly. one, aren't we? <laughs> I know, like Zambians, come on in. Right, right. Um, but but I think that the the idea that like we should be giving temporary work permits to just about everybody is is just there. Like, like they're the yes, let yeah. people work. Like it's just I, like it's, uh, work is dignity. Right, right. Like and and what what like, I thought was cool like, is the so we've got all these like we've aren't, got all aren't these Republicans supposed to be in favor of the work thing. I, yeah. I I'm very confused. Well, we have all of these folks who have been bussed up here, um, and. You know, they just started bartering. They, they like, did you see the 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 videos of essentially 
ad hoc barber shops that sprung up. Right. Which then they got busted because they weren't licensed barbers. Because we actually have, we, we have weird rules around yeah. haircuts, which, as somebody who's bald, <laughs> I find them extra weird, I suppose. But, but hey, like there's a good friend of mine who like went through all of the like training you have to do to become a hairstylist, and it's a big pain in the ass and, and a lot of expense. So I understand that, but but. But I can also go to, there was a place by my house where I could get a $5 haircut. Right. Betty and Nick's. Although inflation, I'm, I'm thanks sure they're fully is licensed. up to 10 Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's up yeah. to 10 now. Okay. Pelicaria, man. Yeah. So it's, it's the best pelicaria in my, in my yes. neighborhood. Yes. Um, actually, they're really awesome. They're really great folks there. Um, so that's a, that's a good Chicago. You know, internationally, I did want to just kind of talk about this briefly. The Ukraine's drone program continues to scare the shit out of Russia. Yes. I mean, like, North Sea Fleet. In, in spite of Elon Musk trying to f*** it. Yes. Pushing the button. Pushing the... Yes, just like Elon Musk did to shut down Starlink. <laughs> yes. Over Crimea ah, during an attack. Terrible guy. Which is... Uh, so So think about this for a second. Just, just think about this for a second. The Ukrainian military had a series of of aquatic drones who were on a mission but relying on satellite internet for the command and control. Yes. Reminding, just militaries relying on commercial for-profit businesses is kind of strange. It is. It is. It is kind of strange. And, uh, you know, so those got shut down. The attack failed, obviously, but... More recently, the Ukrainians are smarter about this and have uh, been very effective with their drones. Yes. Hitting into Moscow, hitting military bases across Russia, and several things inside of Crimea, including the, uh, the, uh, the naval base and headquarters at Sevastopol, which was, if you saw the videos, like... Which, it, by the way, nowhere near Ukraine. Sevastopol. It's, like, it's true. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait the f*** away. <laughs> it is. And that is that is something very uh, interesting about what's happening in that conflict, um, in that war. That uh, that did Ukraine we, is bringing the war to Russia. Did we previously talk about Prigozhin in a plane? And the, like, I, I don't know if we covered that. Did we cover Prigozhin? Yeah, we did. We did? Because there okay. were two planes. And we talked about the second plane. Okay. And like, maybe I'll turn around. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. just... We didn't talk about the, the Wagner plane with some rookie pilot driving off the end of a runway in Africa, killing a bunch of mercenaries. Like you do. Like you do. Yeah. Like you do. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Illinois, a little bit about Chicago. Yes. Um, here's the most important thing in Illinois that's happened in the last few weeks, and it is a big deal. It is cash bail is no longer a thing in Illinois. That so would explain that weird spike in crime. Wait. Oh, wait. No, there hasn't been. Huh. Weird. Huh. The Safe huh. T Act. Huh. Not to be confused with the Ice T Act. The Safe T Act included an end to cash bail. That's now the law of the land in Illinois. Uh, we'll see the impact. I, I've heard, look, I've heard different opinions on it from people who are progressive and not progressive. Uh, people in government, outside of government, um, Though it feels like the right thing to do. Yes. Should never right. be incarcerated because you can't afford to get out. Yeah, exactly. It should be based on safety and yeah. threats. And, and remember that, like, if, if there is an actual danger, the the judges have full ability to put somebody in jail yeah. and hold them there if need be. Absolutely. We're just not arbitrarily punishing people for being poor. So that's nice. Being poor is expensive. True. Uh, in Chicago... Yes. We have confirmed oh, yes. a new police superintendent. Fantastic. Larry Snelling. First one to go through like with our new system yeah. of of board what what uh, but it's not yeah. Uh, yeah. So um he's a he grew up in Inglewood, Snelling did. Uh, he was in the police department for over Part 30 of the years. Terrorism. Yeah, he, you know. Operation, yes. He's somebody who knows Chicago. He's an African-American guy. Um, I, I said he grew up in Inglewood, but if you're not from Chicago, you wouldn't know that. Yes. Um, 
that means I, um, I think people are a little excited, right? So this is the first big, big appointment um, from somebody in, you know, as as part of the Brandon Johnson administration. Well, and, and we get to see us. We get a sense of like, is the new system working? working? And so, you know, we'll kind of see how this plays out. And like, maybe this is starting to kind of turn the ship a bit with uh, the way policing works in Chicago. So, we'll yeah, I doubt it. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, look, I mean, the the reality is the police union is still a mega kind of organization, which is kind of crazy. Um, outside of that, yes. um, I always like to talk about the 45th Ward. I don't live in the 45th Ward. Neither do you. Uh, the 45th Ward is the only one governed really by a Republican, right. Jim Garnier. Um so I just want to toss out these couple things because they're they're very on brand for Gardner. First of all, he just lost a federal court case uh, that said he was violating the First Amendment by blocking his constituents on Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and secondly, the city has agreed to a hundred thousand dollar settlement towards one of his constituents, okay. who found his chief of staff's cell phone in a bar and tried to return it to him. Okay. And so, of course, the totally rational guy called the police and tried to get the, doxed him, tried to get him investigated, just totally harassed him. For returning a phone? Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. That guy, not, not a fan. Not mm -hmm. a fan. Okay. Uh, so, uh, if you're from Chicago or not, so, the, you know, there are two... We have these ward orgs. We have wards in the city. Each ward has a two elected officials that are kind of important. One is the alderman, the most important. The other is more of a political kind of thing that has a strange, you know, a, a strange kind of role. But it's the committee person. Yeah, so, they're the head of the political ward organization. Right. Yeah. In theory, and um. Uh, Garner was going to run for. He is actually the the current committeeman for the forty fifth ward. He decided not to run. Um, okay. I, maybe it's the the indictments. Maybe it's maybe. all of those things. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, he he sort of anointed somebody to run in his stead. Uh, he has a competitor, somebody named Michael Rabbit. Uh, if you're in Chicago, look look Michael Rabbit up. R a b b i t. He's great. Uh, really smart guy, really nice guy, um, has everybody's best interests at heart. Um, it would be good to actually have a Democrat in the Democratic uh, committee there. Yes, yes, that would make so. sense. So, anyhow, that's our Chicago stuff. That's and our, our stuff. Illinois stuff and our U.S. stuff and our national stuff. This all our stuff. This and is our, our stuff. last. Uh, our last. Two-digit episode. Our last two-digit episode. So, so you might be wondering at this point, what are we doing for our 100th episode? And my answer is, I have no idea. But I do. Okay, he knows. We're gonna but, uh, we're gonna talk about that, him. and it's gonna be a 100. secret. We're gonna find out. Yeah. You're gonna find out, possibly during the 100th episode. Exactly. <laughs> but maybe before, if we when figure John it out, Fetterman. That's right. We're gonna, we're gonna kicks grab, off the 100th. That's episode. there. You go. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Tune in. Find out. Tune in. Find out. Rate us on iTunes. All right, thanks, y'all. <laughs> Happy fall. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.